Game seven, eight seconds Hello, left. Hello, everybody, and thank one. you for that very tasteful standing ovation. Welcome to another episode of the Towel Boys. I am joined here by Landon, as always. Landon, it's that time of year when there is absolutely nothing going on in the NBA. The schedule just dropped. That was a little excitement going into the early portion of, of some, some off-season news. We just had Summer League, of course. That's over. So, in the meantime, let's stall with some NBA all-time talk with some all-time questions that you have prepared for me to answer, for you to answer after, and for us to have a conversation about and a discussion about. I know I made good questions, but I didn't know you liked them that much. I see what you did there. All-time questions. Not what I meant, because they're probably going to be bad, but let's get to it. All right, I'm going to start this by saying Zach Lowe has not posted a podcast since August 12th. I was waiting on Bill Simmons to post a podcast for about two weeks. So we are definitely in the majority as we have not posted for about a week and a half at this point. And yeah, it's it's suffering from both a listener and a producer standpoint. We just... It's tough to put out content that you don't want to talk about. And when there's nothing going on, it's not enjoyable to, to, to just purely speculate like on, on the upcoming season when there's no news or anything. We could, we could do that months from now. So in the meantime, like you were saying, it's a little bit – we're kind of in that dead zone. Time for some all-time talk, which we can kind of base off of last year and, and really off of the past 50 years of basketball. Yeah. All right, so to kick this off, let's begin with the new champion finals MVP, Giannis. Not even going to say his last name, not because I don't know how to pronounce it, but because it's easier to say Giannis. Where is Giannis now in your all-time rankings? I was looking at my list that I made a few months back, and I didn't love the list. I had some changes, but Giannis, of course, was not in my top 30, which is the extent of the list that I made. And now that he has a championship, you have to look at Giannis's resume and say, holy crap. Like, the guy has back-to-back MVPs. He now has a championship. He was a defensive player of the year, a five-time All-Star, a most improved player. He was on the All-Rookie team. He was an All-Star game MVP, four-time All-Defensive team. The accolades are crazy for a guy who's, what, 27 now? 26? Yeah, he's 26 or 27, exactly. And when he came into the league, Giannis was this undersized guy. And when you looked at him, you said, oh, he's the 15th pick. It was all it was this upside pick. That, and when you think of upside picks and all these European guys, they never seem to pan out. There's a few. But Giannis was really an exception. He's one of the best European, if not the best European player ever, when it's all said and done. And at this point, I think I have Giannis right around my top 17 to 20. And he's super young and has a long way to go. And that may sound crazy, but when I compare Charles Barkley to Giannis, both have been dominant, but one has a championship and two MVPs. And I I really think he's in that 16 to 20 range where I have Oscar Robinson, Robertson, excuse me, Charles Barkley, Jerry West, Kevin Garnett, Julius Irving, Elgin Baylor, it goes down to Dwayne Wade and Dirk. I would genuinely take Giannis at this point over all of those guys. I would slot him in right after Carl Malone at 16. Wow. That's yeah. kind of insane given yeah. how short his career has been. But you can't deny the accolades at least are there. Whether the longevity at this point is is another question. Right. I have him at 21 right behind Jerry West, Dirk Nowitzki, Kevin Garnett, right above Isaiah Thomas, Scottie Pippen, and David Robinson. Now, this is an interesting one for the reasons I just said. When you're ranking a guy's career amongst the all-time greats, and their name is not LeBron James, Kevin Durant, or Stephen Curry, who are the only three modern players above Giannis right now and are very easy to see where they slot in these other guys like Giannis and Kawhi and you know Chris Paul they're difficult to rank because their careers aren't over even though Chris Paul's is getting there and they still have a lot of upside in terms of championship equity and and whatnot Giannis is the youngest out of all the guys I named and he is just ascending at a rapid pace 
to the point where while I can't put him ahead of the likes of Garnett and Dirk because of the longevity, and they all play the four, so this is really interesting. Um, while I can't throw him ahead of them as of this moment, as of this season, next season, by the end of it, I could see myself, you know, one more championship, one more finals MVP. He passes Dirk and Garnett unquestionably, in my opinion. Right. And those three, like you said, they play the same position. And you have Dirk on one end of the spectrum, who's a shooter. You have Giannis on the other end of the spectrum, who's just this slasher dominant force on the inside. And you have KG, who kind of fits squarely in the middle, kind of has a little bit of both. It's true. And while it's also the longevity, that's really the longevity is probably your, your primary factor when considering this, Landon. It's also the style of play and the impact they had when they played. Right. And, and, We've said the past three, four years that Giannis needs to kind of fix how he plays, and while he hasn't really done that, he won a championship. So maybe it's a little bit over of an overreaction, me putting him that high, but just seeing how dominant he's been, um, even though he doesn't have a developed shot at all, I think it's yep. that impressive, and just with the offensive and defensive performances, I mean, he's right up there with Kevin Garnett defensively. Dirk isn't anywhere near that, so... Just thinking Correct. about those players as a whole, even though he still has a long way to go, I, I really think I'm comfortable putting him that high. And I, I genuinely think Giannis is a guy who can pretty easily crack the top 10 if he keeps on this pace. I mean, right now he's on the Shaq pace, I'd say. I could see him getting three more rings and you know a few more finals MVPs and maybe even one or two more MVPs. So like he is very much on that top 10 trajectory right now. I'm going back to the Dirk thing one more time. Just the Dirk Garnett Giannis comparison. Dirk, the reason I have him where I have him, despite the longevity and all of the other stuff, the championship he won compared to the championships that Garnett and Giannis won is just so overwhelmingly favorable given his takedown of the big three without having to team up himself. I mean... Look at that team. I don't think there was another all-star on that 2010-11 Mavs team. Garnett formed the big three plus Rondo. And Giannis, I mean, even if people don't want to say it, I'm not, I'm not going to go as far as to say it's a super team. It all depends on where you rank Chris and Drew and your player rankings, your own personal ones. But those are three top 25 to 30 players on one team. And Dirk had nothing resembling that when he beat an elite team that did that. No, he didn't. He had quality role players and, and a couple guys who could have been third or fourth stars, I guess. I don't know if stars is the right word, but he had a good team. But it wasn't anything like right. the Heat, and it wasn't anything like the Bucks. Um, however, I I find this championship run by the Bucks to be extremely impressive, especially for Giannis, considering the struggles that Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton had from time to time offensively, considering the pressure they had to win, given just this endless cycle of not being able to get over the hump, and in the fashion he won, the absolute domination of the Heat, uh, beating Kevin Durant was massive, even though the rest of the, those net stars were hurt. I don't care. It was Kevin, Garnett, Kevin Durant, Durant, excuse me, who we both think is the best player in the world. Yeah, now I'm thinking of Kevin Garnett. Um, and then obviously going on and going down 2-0 and then just basically sweeping from that point on, winning four straight, being an absolute force. I, I What Giannis did, I don't think I've seen Dirk or Kevin Garnett do. And while they, they have different styles of play, I just didn't see Dirk take over that finals is as much as I saw Giannis do. And well, no, yeah, kinda... Giannis, Giannis had an all time finals and Dirk right. did too, in his own way. It wasn't as like overtly dominant, but you know, in the end, this is kind of just up to interpretation, which is Absolutely. why it's fun to discuss. All right. And I, th I think you'll agree that, that well, if, unless you're leading to this, but by the end of Giannis's career, it'll, it may, it's probably going to be a different story. Him and Dirk. Oh, I mean, literally zero doubt, unless Giannis stops playing basketball tomorrow, he will right. pass a lot of these guys ahead of him. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Continuing on Giannis, we've already discussed these topics, but let's just throw out some numbers. Where will he be by the end of next season? What number exactly in your rankings? It's tough to judge one year because I don't think, I think anything short of making the finals doesn't give him any boost. And I don't really think he'll get knocked down at this point unless he just has the worst year I've ever seen. So So, let me give you a reason why it could. Think about all the years Garnett did not win championships. Think about all the years Dirk did not win championships, which is for both of them every year except for one of their careers. And consider how their equity as all-time players was built up over time. Yes, one season of first-team All-NBA, All-Star, it's like maybe all-defensive team for Giannis doesn't seem like that much. But when we start adding it on like and extending his legacy slowly to reach the enormous, vast legacies of these other guys, a year like that could make a difference just in terms of thinking about how many times he's done this. It's a fair point. Um, Thinking about where he's at on my list, though. Having him around that 15, 16 range. Right, you already have um, him pretty high. Unless he makes the finals, I don't think I can bump him up over Carl Malone, Moses Malone, who were just absolute units playing that long, and Moses winning a championship, and Carl basically winning one if the best player ever wasn't there. He's he, Those are the two guys that one more ring, and I think he easily jumps them. And then he's right behind Steph and KD on my list, and that's when a real interesting debate begins. Because then, like, Giannis still has a lot of room to go. There's a pretty big gap in my mind between Steph and who I have next of Moses Malone. But that's that's the peak I think Giannis can get to next year, jumping up two spots if everything goes his way. Okay. And then lastly, give me a number for end-of-career projection for Giannis. I think he will finish at the back end of the top 10, probably... I'd say my guess is between 9 and 12. If I had to pick a number, I'll say 10. Okay. And will he finish ahead or behind of Stefan Durant specifically? This is tough. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I say yes. He'll I finish he ahead. Will. I think he will. Okay. Cool. What about you? Um, so my order around that range, I also think he'll fall somewhere in there. I don't think he's passing. I think his upside will probably be seven on my list, which is right beside, right behind Tim Duncan. I don't think he's going to pass Tim Duncan. Um, I, I then have Shaq, Kobe, Chamberlain, uh, Russell, Hakeem, Durant, Steph. Now I think Durant and Giannis will pass Hakeem. And, you know, it's confusing ranking these guys against Wilt and Bill, but I would go with Giannis slotting in right behind Kobe, right ahead of Wilt. So at number nine. Yeah. Um, and we'll see what happens. Durant could take that spot, and then it could be interesting ranking them against each other in the future. Yeah, I know you didn't mention it, but Steph wins one or two more, and it's a different ballgame for him, too. So the active guys are yes. a little challenging. They are. Uh, Very confusing. But definitely, I see where you're going with that. I, I generally agree. That's where I think Giannis will likely, and what I think is best case as well, scenario. I don't, I don't like you said, there's kind of a big jump to have to get to that Tim Duncan range. He Huge has to win jump. three to four more rings. Right, right. And I don't. That's not going to happen. I'm sorry, Milwaukee. It's not. I agree. Uh, okay, so off of Giannis, that was a solid 10-minute discussion about the finals MVP. Very deserving of that. Have KD or Steph passed anyone on your list since last year, including each other? Going into this past year, I had Steph right behind Hakeem at 12, and I had Kevin Durant at 13, and that has flip-flopped. I have Kevin Durant now at 12 and Steph at 13. I think these two are incredibly close, my all-time list, as close as really MJ and LeBron is for me. They're 
it's hard to separate because they're two completely different players who have had two completely different careers. Of course, Kevin Durant being a two-time finals MVP, but he joined Steph's team to do so. They play together it's true. when they were both really at their peaks or close to it. So it's it's tough. But I had Steph above KD, but based on this past year, I think Kevin Durant jumps Steph. Now, I didn't have them jumping anybody else because I already had them right outside the top 10, and I don't think they're at Hakeem's level based on longevity yet. But I do think, like you said, I think both Kevin Durant and Steph Curry pass Hakeem in the next two years. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. That's pretty easy to predict right now, I think, just given... Steph's ability to score the ball, showcased by his scoring title last season. And Kevin Durant's status is the best player in the world as of this moment. Last season, I, or sorry, last time we did these rankings, which was before the bubble started, when we, it was podcast two of the Towel Boys. So it was, you know, wow, yeah. way back. Throw, big throwback on this episode. But I had Steph Curry at 17. And I had Kevin Durant at number 12. I have moved Steph up to 13 after seeing that ridiculous showcase this past season. And the fact that he is still an elite player following the KD Warriors and having to step back and everything. This guy's scoring is unmatched, especially from deep, obviously. So Durant 12, Steph 13. I haven't moved Durant yet. I haven't put him ahead of Hakeem because Hakeem won those two titles. And while Durant has two titles, Hakeem did not do it with Stephen Curry. Um, looking forward, who? I mean, if one of these guys wins a championship next year, you'd have to imagine they'd pass the other, no? If Durant wins a championship and finals MVP and he... he- Let's say he wins a regular season MVP. I mean, he could jump. Like, who's to say he can't jump Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, get near Kobe? Like, there's a lot of room for growth for both of these players just because they've been doing it for a pretty long time. And they've been at the top of the game really since they've gotten into the league. It took Steph a few years. Kevin Durant really started dropping 20 day one. And they they're just that impactful. And it's... Like we always say, it's it's really tough to compare these guys. How do you compare Kevin Durant to Bill Russell? Tell me right now who you'd rather have for one season. It's not even close. Same thing with Hakeem. Hakeem's awesome, but you would take Kevin Durant over him in today's NBA. Correct. It's tough to judge based on their impact, but Kevin Durant being the second best player of, the, of his generation behind LeBron, if you consider them a part of the same one, and Steph, I'd say he's kind of after LeBron's generation, kind of in that next one, really, but... Right there at the top with KD, it's it's tough. It is. I, yeah. All right. I think that's good on that point. But what are the chances that either one jumps into the top ten? We've broken it down a little bit, but for the rest of their career, like, what do you need to see out of these guys? For so, let's see. On your list, they need to pass Hakeem and Kobe. On my list, they need to pass Hakeem and Bill Russell. So what do, what do you see as the path for either of them to get to that spot, the minimum? So if Steph plays another three years at an insanely high level and he wins one ring and a finals MVP, I think that puts him ahead of Hakeem. And I think he's still behind Kobe. Now, my okay. list may shuffle and I may slide down somebody like Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain. I think it would take Steph two rings, one finals MVP to pass Kobe. I think that for Kevin Durant, it would take him two rings and two more finals MVPs to pass both of them. One more ring passes Hakeem. Interesting. Okay. I Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. It's, it's just equating... Durant's titles to other guys' titles is so hard. Right, exactly. Which is why I'd want to see four finals MVPs out of him to say, even if he's been on really good teams, he's been the best on each team, and he yeah. has four rings. Right. Plus, he's amazing. We've seen him not win and what he does. But yeah, it, like you said, it, it's tough. Because those rings, I'm sorry, just aren't as valuable as a lot of others on this list. 
Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say, like, they are the same on paper, and nobody can argue that he won it. And I don't think anybody's trying to discredit him because people try to do that. It's just a matter of, like, you can go along pretending that what he did for that championship was just as difficult as a guy like Hakeem, or you can be realistic and say, look, it's still a ring, it still counts, but what Hakeem did to get that ring was a lot more challenging than what you had to go through on a team with Steph and Clay and Draymond and plenty of other good role players. Okay. Braun versus MJ. Include the bubble ring and the first round exit. Has that changed? Has it become closer, further? What are your thoughts on LeBron versus MJ at one and two right now? I've I've swung a few times back and forth, and I haven't seen as much MJ as you. Um, but what I will say is that the bubble chip to me was a re- a real championship. That I don't I don't take anything away from the bubble run from who they played. Nothing that was earned. LeBron played incredibly well, deserved his Finals MVP, and rightfully so. The Lakers won the championship that year. Yep. Now I don't think the first round exit. <laughs> negatively impacts LeBron's legacy at all. And if you want to argue it does, just look to Michael Jordan's career and how many first-round exits he's had or how many times he hasn't made the playoffs. Just he wasn't – he's 6-0 and in the finals because he didn't make the finals any more than that. So I, the first-round exit to me doesn't mean much. LeBron was banged up, and while I do think he's aging, I don't take away from his legacy losing in the first round, especially with a hurt Anthony Davis. And the Suns went on to make the finals. So with all things considered – I probably still have Michael Jordan one based on what everybody else says, based on what I've seen, just Michael Jordan being a God in the basketball world. And I'll have LeBron right there, basically at one B to Michael Jordan's one A. Yeah, no, I think that's reasonable. I'm going to, to just discuss that first round loss. I agree with the bubble ring takes. I don't even know why I'm calling it a bubble ring. It's just the 2020 championship meant just as much as Kevin Durant's championships and it meant just as much as any other championship in terms of on paper. If you want to argue that, you know, teams were injured or whatever, you can do that for every, you know, championship. Just look at this Bucks championship and how Kyrie and Harden weren't playing and how the Suns were beat up and whatever. You can, you can always do that. So Let's just count the 2020 championship as it should be counted. The first round exit is interesting for me because it's not that it negatively impacted his legacy. It's that it just reminded me of the attitude difference between LeBron and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan always gave off the kind of I don't know, just the killer instinct and the just anger and fueled by like (laughs) everybody else's um, just fear of him. And with LeBron, he just looks so defeated at times. He's notorious for just kind of like loafing around when he knows that his team is going to lose. And he did that very much this year, just going to the locker room early and blowouts during the playoffs and just stuff that makes you question his his true like like heart of a champion. And I'm not saying he's not, you know, just as he doesn't have the same resume as Jordan, because at this point with four rings and four finals MVPs. In the modern era, which is much harder to win in than it was when Michael Jordan was playing, specifically the 90s, um, I, I just can't imagine in my head LeBron being ahead of Michael Jordan, not because of how they literally play, but because of how they act. It's a really good point. And I've noticed it watching LeBron for a while, of course, even on the Heat when they would lose games especially on the Cavs after his second stint and yeah, on the Lakers, you see LeBron dejected at times. And I think there's a combination of 
of knowing his team's not playing well and they're going to lose. And and really what I saw in that playoff series, along with that, I also saw LeBron kind of disappointed in himself knowing that he's he can't do the some of the athletic things that he used to do. I saw LeBron getting contested at the rim like I've never seen, and he kind of just looks defeated, not because his team's losing per se, but because he knows that he's starting to edge that cliff where he's going to start falling off. And that's not an excuse. I'm just, that was a, some, that was an observation that I saw, but ultimately, and yeah, I think you nailed it on the head here. That really is the biggest difference. LeBron's a more talented player than Michael Jordan. He has more natural talent skills, the body, but Michael Jordan had more heart and he fought harder and he probably worked harder given that attitude. And, and that's why he's six and oh, of course there's, different eras and competition but yeah i mean that that's a big separator one of the few things you can confidently say is that michael jordan had a bigger heart and and i wouldn't say love for basketball but just more determination day in and day out to be the best in the world yeah and look i this is such an interesting concept because it makes me think that even if lebron wins another ring and another finals MVP, I still don't know if I'm going to be able to put him above Jordan. And it's, again, like, you can say he's racking up the accolades and, like, five championships equals eight championships in the 90s, but this is just, this just supersedes all of the surface stuff. This is like a, like a moral dilemma regarding how our GOAT should be perceived by the world. And Michael Jordan just gave off a more dominant, like, champion-like image every year, whether he was winning or losing. And that's where I'll part from you and disagree. I think one more ring and finals MVP puts LeBron over the top and makes him the best player of all time. Even with the things we just talked about, the concerns we have for, like you said, our GOAT having some of these mentality issues, I don't care. The, the resume, the accolades that LeBron's picked up outside of rings and getting a fifth and fifth finals MVP, that for me would be enough to make him number one. That's fair. And again, I could change my mind if they take down a fully healthy Brooklyn team and Russ plays against them basically and just bricks threes but takes them anyways and Davis is hurt or something. Like that's the kind of legacy game where it's like, okay, he just took down a juggernaut way more dominant than a team Jordan ever faced. I understand putting him above, and maybe I will too at that point. But when I still consider their their on-paper resumes to be relatively equivalent, I'm just not going to be able to do it. So at, at what point would, would you put LeBron one? How many rings? What else does he need? Well, like I just said, it's it's about how he goes about it. It's about the circumstances. But just winning a ring against a beat-up Milwaukee team, for instance, that beat-up, a beat-up Brooklyn team, something like that would not necessarily allow me to, to just throw him ahead of MJ for, for you know right. one more trophy. Right. But you, you said as long as their resumes were comparable. So at yeah. what point do you think their resumes are not – like does he have to equal MJ's rings to say, I th- okay, I think holistically so. LeBron's yes. career, now that he's tied him, is significantly more impressive? I, I think that's what it would take, yeah. yeah so and that's a, more. that's a tall ask. That is very tough for it him is. to win it two is. more at I, this point. Right. And if, if he does win two more, I who's to say he wins two finals MVPs? He probably wouldn't. Probably wouldn't win one. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's so tough. All right, let's move on to the next question. How much would it take for James Harden, now that he's on the Brooklyn Nets and formed a super team, to pass Dwayne Wade as the third best shooting guard of all time? I have Wade at 17 on my list. You have him at 22. What does he have to do to pass Wade on your list at 22? As the infamous lizard said in the YouTube video, drinking out of cups, no way, not ever. By the way, whoever has not seen that, which is probably 99% of you, go look up that video. (laughs) It's hilarious. And I just wanted to say that. But 
I would never like to see it, obviously, Dwayne Wade being my favorite basketball player of all time. However, I think it would take James Harden two championships. And if he was still on Houston, that may be different. It may have only been one championship. But being on this team, knowing James Harden is not going to be the best player as long as Kevin Durant is healthy, I don't think one ring, even though statistically he's at a more impressive year-in, year-out career, given his numbers and his general impact on his team, I don't think it's enough. And of course, Dwayne Wade has three rings. Um, I think because Harden, outside of the rings, has probably had a more impressive career, I think it takes two championships. Two chips with the Nets, yeah. With the Nets, yeah. Even at that point, I don't think I'd put him past Wade because that basically, I agree that Harden's, how about this? Like Harden's non-championship seasons. Right. That's that's what I was are kind of referring greater to. than Dwayne Wade's. Although I will say, 2009 Dwayne Wade was potentially better than. I'm not going to say every form of Harden we've seen, but maybe he was equivalent to like the greatest form of Harden we've seen in a non-championship year, which is every year. Right, um, but but Wade has that 06 ring, and no matter how much you want to disparage it, that elevates him so high on all-time lists because so few guys are able to do it without other all-stars. And alluding to what you said just a few moments ago, and you said Dwayne Wade's 09 year may have been better than any hard never, let's just let's go along with that. If Wade's 09 year was number one and we're ranking all of both players' careers individually, Harden may have the next three or four years based on what he's done. And... That's just a testament to how amazing of an offensive player James Harden is. The impact is out on his team. He's a better passer all time, even though Dwayne Wade's passing is off the charts. I think just Harden's unique scoring ability allows him to be a better passer just due to the, the space and the doubles. But yeah, like Wade's 06 ring, of course, is one of the top five or top 10 finals performances ever. I'd say it's easily top five. And two rings on Brooklyn unless Harden was winning two finals MVPs. I yeah, it's gonna be tough to put over the edge. I just think that with Harden's elite offensive play for ten plus years now and and how he's consistently been a top five, top seven player, even though Wade was really around that that ranking whenever he played, I, I don't know. I I can't believe I'm saying it, but I think two Harden rings puts him puts him right over Wade. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, you know, like my thing is that would just equate to Wade's two rings with LeBron for me. So it would have to be three, but then the third ring that he wins, if he were to win one with Brooklyn, would still have less value than Wade's 06 championship. And then when you add up stuff like the 09 season, Wade being way better at defense, uh, being an all-time shot blocker. I mean, yes, Harden is the better perimeter scorer, but... People love to forget how dominant Wade was in the mid-range and, you know, attacking the basket. They like to act like Harden is such a better scorer than Dwayne Wade. And to me, he's really not that much better. He's a better three-point shooter and he's got some nice moves, but Wade was just as explosive, just as dominant in the paint. Um, Yeah, I I don't think I'm going to be able to put Harden past Wade, even when it's all said and done, if Harden has three rings on Brooklyn with this super team. Well, he's not winning two on Brooklyn. I'll just say that. So we're not going to have to worry about him passing Wade. That's fair. Okay. All right. Has he passed? Has Harden passed or will he pass soon Allen Iverson and Jerry West? I can easily say no to Allen Iverson because Iverson's played more recently, and I kind of know his impact. I think it would take Harden one ring to pass AI. Like I think I put him around the same boat where I think that two rings puts him right around the Jerry West area. Well, and it's hard. You have West above Wade in your all-time rankings. Right. I have so- Harden above Wade. So he would pass both of them with two and become the third greatest shooting guard ever? I think so. Wow. And 
So you have, do you consider Wade to be the third or the fourth greatest shooting guard ever? Because you have West there at 18, but they're not necessarily like, you know, they're a little different questions. Yeah, I, I've kind of been on the outside of, of not really making Jerry West a two, a true shooting guard. And I've kind of put him in this like combo guard region of like the Oscar Robertson where like, I don't know. I don't really consider Oscar like a true point guard because he did everything. He's more of that combo old school guard where like Jerry West was. So right. I don't even like, I don't know. It's it's tough. I would take Dwayne Wade because he's my favorite player all time. Jerry West's impact was obviously greater. He was the best player in the league when he was playing in his prime. Um, it's it's tough. I, I just don't count Jerry West. I know it's a cop-out, but that's just where my head's at. Right. Okay, that's fair. So... So Harden could pass Jerry West with I, two rings. I think two rings he can. Yes, two rings. Okay, cool. Um, that's that, for me, Allen Iverson. I think I would have Harden passed Iverson already. Mm-hmm. It's pretty close, but I don't know. Like when I was writing my list earlier, I had I have AI around twenty nine. And, you know, Dr. J, Elgin Baylor, 28 to 30 range as well. I think Harden has a serious case to be ahead of all of those guys as of now. And Dr. J did win a championship, but that was with Moses Malone. And we all know how Moses Malone was. <laughs> so, right. I, I don't know. I Harden is just such a dominant scorer. that, And in the modern day, it's so difficult. He's invented moves. He's, you know taught so many kids maybe not a good form of basketball in isolation play but a you know useful form of basketball that a lot of people model themselves after now i i think i'd throw him in the 30 to 28 range right ahead of ai still got a little ways to go on west though fair enough okay um can carmelo anthony and Russell Westbrook's legacies, or sorry, all-time legacies and where they fall in these rankings shift with rings on this Lakers team. Carmelo Anthony brings up a, an interesting debate. We talked about this a little bit before we started recording. I just, I don't think Carmelo Anthony winning a ring outside of the story and the perception of, oh, he has a ring, I don't think it impacts his all-time standing at all. I don't, I don't expect Carmelo Anthony to be anywhere near a top five or six player on this Lakers team. I don't. I think he's an average role player on this Lakers team. Can't play defense. Will be somewhat inefficient. And even if he pulls that, that somehow incredibly bubble clutchness that he had for the Blazers and he he starts hitting clutch shots for the Lakers. That's kind of the best attribute he can bring at this point. So maybe Melo gets a couple spots up as a boost, but I think it's more of just a, a, an applause on top of an amazing career than, than really moving him up in the ranks. Yeah. I think I agree with you generally. I mean, he would have to really step up and you know, he did, you know, provide some big shots for the Blazers over his two-year career with them. And if he does that for the Lakers, I mean, imagine him hitting, you know, some corner three with a minute left in game six of the finals against Brooklyn, something like that, like a signature moment could propel him, like you said, a few spots. It's not going to do a crazy amount because he's already relatively high, but it could it could help if he starts for them or if he's a prominent bench piece. I could see Melo getting a little legacy boost from this. And then, how do you feel about Russell Westbrook? Now, Westbrook's a player that I think I think his career can change drastically with a ring, depending on his impact. He's he's not in his prime still, but it kind of feels like it with his stats. So Westbrook's going to be a huge part of this Lakers team, and if he puts up anywhere near like twenty eight and six, which is very realistic given what he's had in the past. I think Westbrook could could jump some of these other point guards that are right in the debate. Like if Ru- if Russell Westbrook is a huge part of a championship ring, does he pass Chris Paul? Does he That's tough. 
he passed Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. These are the kind of guys that we're comparing him to. I don't think he gets anywhere as high as Stockton or IT with one, especially considering he, he'll be the third best player if everybody's healthy. But some of these other guys, he has a really strong debate to to pass. Wouldn't you be able to argue, though, that that, I mean, I guess it, again, depends on impact, but like Jason Kidd won a ring, you know? But mm-hmm. that was with the 2011 Mavs, and he was not anywhere close to a top 20 or 30 player anymore. Right. So how does how would you think about that? Because he would be the third best player on the team, no doubt about it. He would probably help them in some areas, but hurt them in others. Obviously, spacing is one of those. And perhaps people could view him more as a crutch for the Lakers than an actual help. And maybe they string the narrative to be that LeBron overcomes Russ and his turnovers and his lack of shooting. So should he be given that much credit for a championship as the third best player? I don't know. Jason Kidd specifically, I think he's already right there. And yes, I I think being the third best player and and winning a championship does boost your resume a lot, especially if you're contributing in a, in a big fashion. It's not like a, a Robert Ori or Derek Fisher to, to a Kobe and Shaq or whoever their third was. It's not that situation. Russell Westbrook is the top 50 player ever. Right. And when you look at Jason Kidd's all time stats and compare them to Russell Westbrook's Russell Westbrook was, a better player statistically he was just a better player and their accolades are i I don't know about that that's that's a little much jason kidd led his team to the finals as the best player two years in a row against really good teams like he he was a stud as a first option westbrook has not done anything close to that i think westbrook's prime was longer than jason kidd's prime yeah, maybe Jason Kidd's sure. peak was better, but if I'm looking at a span of eight to ten years, I think Russell Westbrook all time is a better player. Now, if you give him a ring, I think it it makes it easy, and I would easily put Russell Westbrook over Jason Kidd. Okay, so yeah, I I'll just have to see again. This is one where it's like I need to see the narrative play out and how much Russ helps or hurts the Lakers. Definitely. Definitely. Before I can really say if right. this can boost his legacy, it's just so much. It's so dependent on, on what he does with this opportunity. Right, and and there's a scenario where Russell Westbrook does not help the Lakers. He gets hurt, and then they go on to win a championship. And then it's like, wow, West, what Russell Westbrook hurt the Lakers? Maybe we drop him. So yeah, there's who knows, who knows. Yeah. All right, on to the next question. How has Kawhi's trajectory all time changed since we last did our rankings? Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good question. And I don't think it's changed too much. He was kind of around that 25 to 30 range for me. Really, primarily because of his Toronto year. Right. Uh, But I think... I think the biggest change is that well, you had Kawhi have another amazing year, and that may bump him up a spot or two, but I really think the biggest thing out of the past year for Kawhi was getting hurt and realizing that him being hurt is going to waste a year of his prime. And Kawhi already has not had the longest prime, so he has one less year to make an impact all time. I think that's the biggest thing we've seen from Kawhi in the past year. Other than that, he's been pretty dominant, and was on a similar trajectory of maybe hitting top 20 of all time, depending on his team's success. I think that's reasonable and it's not, you know, going too crazy in either direction. Just a general plodding along Kawhi career as he does. (laughs) Uh, Yep. I had him at 23 when we last did these and I think I was projecting a little bit. I dropped him back down to 26. Not because he played worse this year or anything. 
I just think his title window with the Clippers is probably closed. And knowing right. that he's not going to win, or at least thinking that he's not going to win another title with the Clippers, and considering that his finals MVP with the Spurs was still not as a you know dominant, de facto top 10 guy, I started to reconsider how I positioned him a little bit and put him back behind Stockton and David Robinson and Scottie Pippen and guys like that because... They just did what Kawhi has been doing, you know, since 2017 for a lot longer and and had a bigger impact on the league as of this moment. Right. And I had him at 28 when we made this list a while back, and I, I think he'll end up around 22 to 25. I think he'll move up a few spots because we'll still see a very good Kawhi. But yeah, it's prime hasn't been that long and right. he's he's still on the right side of 30 but it's pretty close he's only a five-time all-star and, and although he had that weird finals mvp on the spurs and that that helps it was really one year of being the the best player on his team and yep. scotty never had that but it's a weird situation he's, he's definitely a tough guy to to consider all time he is and it's it's interesting it's like Kawhi's mvp on the spurs was more substantial than like Iguodala's MVP with the Warriors. And, right. you know, you consider um, Isaiah Thomas didn't get one of the finals MVPs when the Pistons won back-to-back 89 and 90, but you still know that Isaiah was the leader for both of those seasons. And you think of him as a two-time MVP, much as we all think of Steph as a one-time MVP. Kawhi is hard to figure out. It's not like, you know, is he... We know he has a finals MVP in a dominant playoffs run. The other finals MVP, which is a big legacy shifter, is really hard to discuss with people. Yeah. For me, it almost balances out in a way a couple of years where he wasn't dominant, kind of... The finals MVP, you could swap it out for a couple more years of dominant Kawhi's prime. I think it kind of equates to the same value. So it definitely helps him in the That's all-time reasonable. rankings. Yeah. But unless we see another four or five years of elite Kawhi in another ring, I don't suspect he makes any big jumps over the next tier up. If you jump up to the Dirk Nowitzki, Kevin Garnett's, I don't think he makes that jump unless the longevity is, is proven. If he goes on another playoff run and wins a finals and a finals MVP, he would probably jump up to 18 on my list. Right behind Dwayne Wade, right ahead of Jerry West, Dirk Nowitzki, Kevin Garnett. Right. Um, He can do that still. I'm not saying that the door's fully shut on his career. I'm saying with the Clippers team as currently constructed, and the Nets no, and the it's Lakers an impossible feat. <laughs> all, yeah, he's. I just don't think he's going to be able to do it. But that's his path to really jumping up the list in the future. Is is get a ring on this Clippers team that looks like it has no hope. Right. That that would be helpful. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll do a couple more questions. We'll answer a mailbag question from Twitter, and then we'll wrap it up for you guys. So. Who will finish higher all time, Jokic or Embiid? Jokic. That MVP is certainly helpful. That was quick, and I'll give you a a couple more reasons. I think it's even easier than saying who's better all time right now. I don't trust Embiid's health, and I don't think Joel Embiid is going to get healthier over time. And it seems (laughs) as though Nikola Jokic is still getting better, while Embiid has kind of plateaued at his dominant self. And that's not to say... He's not as good as Jokic. They're right up there as the best two centers in the league. But Nikola Jokic is still getting in a better physical shape, whereas Joel Embiid is just showing more injury concerns. So I think that while Embiid's kind of plateaued and going straight across in like an all-time ranking and, and player development, Jokic is still on the way up. And just winning an MVP, coming off his best year yet with Jamal Murray back, and this will probably be the best Nuggets team ever. I think this is the easiest question you've asked me. I, I take Jokic all day. 
I'm going to have to agree with you. The Nuggets' future looks so much brighter from both just a talent development standpoint and uh, you know perennial contender standpoint. The Sixers were fully healthy last year and lost to the Atlanta Hawks, a really young team that didn't really know who they were throughout most of the season, had to change coaches as a young star who is notorious for not being able to defend anybody. And the Sixers didn't take advantage of it. Despite Embiid's personal dominance, his team still fell short, as they seem to always do. Now, Jokic lost, but he was missing the second best player on his team. He won an MVP. He was still dominant in those playoffs, despite you know nobody else on his team being able to, to contend at that same level. And he just has so much upside in his future with the Nuggets franchise as an individual. It's really hard to say that Embiid could pass Jokic at this point, given, like you said, the injury history and Jokic's already, um, you know, all-time being ahead because of of this past MVP. Now, let me ask a a follow-up because this wasn't exactly the, the hardest question and didn't really elicit a debate. Do you think Nikola Jokic finishes his career as a top 30 NBA player? So that would be, that would pass Dr. J, AI, and Elgin Baylor for me. Well, he doesn't I, have to pass them. He could finish 30 and just pass one well, of them. Well, I, I would say, yeah, exactly. I have those three guys kind of interchangeable from 28 to 30. To jump into that mix, he doesn't necessarily need a ring. Because Allen Iverson doesn't have one, and Elgin Baylor had one at the very tail end of his career. So, Jokic putting up the numbers that he has been consistently putting up for the past few years could very well get him into that mix, especially with an, another MVP, something along those lines. Jokic. Jokic is a really special player, and he could end up somewhere around there. If I had to guess, he's he is going to. I think he's championship like, bound at some point. Yeah, and even if he's not, like AI is one of the players you have in that range. I have him somewhere pretty close. AI's career totals was close to twenty seven points a game, six assists and and four rebounds. If you round up, Jokic's all time numbers when you really think of him just being dominant recently, he's already at eighteen and a half points, ten rebounds, and six assists, and he's shooting over fifty percent. 35 from three. I mean, the numbers across the board. And he's clutch. Even, he's right. really clutch. Yes. And even with his first few years of not being fully developed, it's still really impressive. And his numbers are only going to go up. Yeah. He seems like a guy who people are going to underrate for a little while longer. But I think the Nuggets could very well win the championship this year if Jamal Murray is fully healthy. And I think Jokic will win a championship at some point in his career. And he's going he's gonna to jump into that mix, in my opinion. Definitely. All right. Next question. Who will finish higher all time? Kyrie Irving or Anthony Davis? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. That's difficult. It is. They're such different players. I... I'm going to say Anthony Davis. And if you told me any other player that had similar accolades to Kyrie but played more, I would pick that player. Because Anthony Davis is injury prone. He's missed some time. However, you pinned Anthony Davis against the one guy who isn't missing time because he's hurt. He's missing time because of personal reasons. And like you were making the argument And because about, he's hurt. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And... Because you were making the whole LeBron mentality argument, that's kind of swaying me here a little bit. I don't like that. (laughs) And Kyrie Irving at his peak, I think, is still a little bit worse than Anthony Davis at his peak, even if the positional value merits Kyrie having a more impactful peak than Anthony Davis, which I don't even know is true. I just think Anthony Davis is the more talented player, and that's why I'm going to pick him over Kyrie. I think the answer is Anthony Davis, like you, but that is the smart answer, and my heart really wants to pick Kyrie. I'm not going to, but 
Kyrie has the best handles of all time. He put up insane numbers in a finals against the team with the best record ever. He won a championship with LeBron. Their third best player was kind of a dweeb. And what he did for the Celtics, despite all the hate he got for it, and, you know, rightfully so, he said that he, or he, excuse me, he acted like he could be a number one option. He wanted that so badly, failed miserably. With all that, he was still nasty. He's still just gross. He had a 50-40-90 season last year. Only like five guys ever have done that, including Durant and Larry Bird. And he, his skill is taken for granted. If I had to pick a guy for a playoff game, I'm picking Anthony Davis because of the two-way play. But the last shot, you know, the last possession is Kyrie, and it's not even a doubt he hit one of the best shots of all time in the finals against Golden State. So I'm going Davis, but I'm really sad about it. Alrighty. And That's then fair. let's rank Kyrie and Damian Lillard against each other at the end of their careers. Who finishes all time better all time? Now this one I like a lot, and here's why. I'll throw a little fun fact out there. I know that some of the advanced stats in the NBA are kind of frowned upon because of how far they've gone and how they aren't accurate and don't portray the eye test. But just for fun's sake, Kyrie Irving and Damian Lillard both have the exact same player efficiency rating, PER, over their careers at 22.4. It's pretty weird. So if you want to talk about analytics, that does not help separate them. And Kyrie Irving having an NBA championship may give him the edge to a lot of people. I'm still taking Damian Lillard based on him being the best player on his team and being a successful best player on his team. Unlike Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard has more all NBA play all NBA appearances. I think that he is even as clutch as Kyrie is. I think Damian Lillard may be the second most clutch player ever after MJ. Maybe he's more clutch than Michael Jordan. He's you don't say that a lot about comparing Kyrie to clutch guys, but I think Damian Lillard has been just a little bit better for a little bit longer, plays more, it's more consistent. I take Dame. I agree with everything you just said, and I still pick Kyrie. <laughs> okay. I I think that Kyrie is a very misunderstood character, and I think people allow that to seep into their basketball thoughts about him. But... While Dame is technically more consistent from, I guess, a night-to-night basis, especially because you know he's actually going to show up to the game, I think that Kyrie, I feel, it just feels like I can depend on him more late in the playoffs. I guess because Dame's never made it that far in the playoffs and we've seen Kyrie win a chip with LeBron James. And although he was the number two on that team, he had games where he was a 1B um, I'm not saying Dame can't do that. It's just we haven't seen it yet. And he's his refusal to put himself in a situation to, to win at a high level and produce results similar to what we've seen from Kyrie with the LeBron Cavs just makes me skeptical that he's ever going to do something on the biggest stage. And because of that, just projecting forward... I'm going to go Kyrie because I he's already been there once, and with Brooklyn, he's probably going to do it at least one more time. It's so unfair thinking about this argument. I think you'll agree with this, but in the present, Damian Lillard gets more respect and is boosted more as a player because he's choosing his original team, trying to build within, having a homegrown championship rather than going to the Lakers or another big market. And and that may help him right now and gain him more respect, but all time, 10, 15, 20, exactly. 50 years from now, people are not going to think about that. They're going to say Damian Lillard never won a championship and could never get his team over the hump. So true. I don't care if he – if Damian Lillard took a minimum deal to play with the Brooklyn Nets, 30 years from now, I'm sorry, nobody's bashing him for doing that. They're remembering the championship. And that's an extreme example. So it's it's difficult because as much 
respect as I have for Dame. I want him to leave so I know he can have that legacy builder at in a different place. But he just doesn't seem like he's going to leave ever. Yeah, it doesn't. I agree. And, you know, <laughs> tomorrow he could get traded. But I, I think we are on the same page here. Okay, yeah. last question. And well, how about this? The mail- I got a little idea. I see this What's last up? question. Let's make this last question a towel boy take and do this fan question first. So the well, fan question was actually a question about Giannis, which we've already answered. So we got it covered. Save some time. Oh, perfect. Yep. Let's make this one the towel boy one. All right. Because this one is pretty simple. And we'll kind of explain. I'll start with you. I'll pose the question, Landon. I yes, will be the please host. Please do. Please so, do. So where do you envision Luka Doncic finishing his career in the all-time rankings, and, of course, why? If I had to pick a number right now, I would pick number seven. That is behind Tim Duncan, ahead of Shaq. The reason I would pick that is because Luka Doncic is already the kind of guy that can be the best player on a championship team. There are no questions about it, in my opinion, like there were with Giannis until he just won one. And I still have more questions. I know this might be crazy. I still have more questions about Giannis's ability to win the, win a championship as the best player on his team in the future. I have more questions about him than I do with Luka. I know that Giannis already did it. You have to admit the circumstances really played out well for him. His team, uh, you know, they it ended up being a pretty good team compared to the competition, considering the health of a lot of all stars. And Luca has a terrible team, and he's still able to smoke Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on a night to night basis. Have they won either of those series? No, they have not. But they've been damn competitive without a single other guy anywhere close to the realm of Luca, Kawhi, and Paul George. It's been a very one-sided, in terms of a team, series between the Clippers and the Mavericks that has spanned over two years. Um, Luca will probably win three championships. I think that that's a reasonable estimate. And if I had to, again, put a number on it just out of nowhere... I would guess that he wins four and four finals MVPs along with that. I think he teams up with another really good young player, whoever it may be, and just three beats or something like that. And people are going to look back at Luka as a top seven player ever. So I was silent that whole time, not because I disagreed with you or was shocked. It's because somehow you decided to steal the number I was thinking of number seven all time (laughs) and just say it so now i'm revising my answer and i've thought it through while you were talking and i think that luka Doncic has the potential and i'll say it as my towel boy somewhat bold take of the day i think luka Doncic is going to finish fifth all time behind michael jordan lebron kareem and who i have is for tim duncan and the reason why i think he can pass specifically the two guys that you probably had him below Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, right? Because I expect Luca to play for 15 to 18, maybe even 20 years. He started at age 19, was dominant ever since. And I think that four titles and, and MVPs is pretty realistic, like you said. And if Luka Doncic gets four championships and four finals MVPs and becomes a 13 to 15 time all-star, how do you say that he's not above those guys? I know that Magic was the best passer ever, and I know that Larry Bird was really still one of the most underrated players ever who can do it all, can rebound, defend, score, talked mad crap. But Luka's on this trajectory, this LeBron-esque trajectory from year one, and if he wins four finals and four finals MVPs, who's to say he's not right up there? I know he's not the defender that LeBron is, but arguably he could be a better passer, could be a better scorer, may even already be a better scorer at this age than LeBron was. So... Who's to say he can't finish top five? And I mean, I don't think any higher, but who knows? It's very possible. I I like the higher pick than me because honestly, like I was debating going higher and I don't think it's crazy because this guy, like you said, is on that trajectory 
and right. it just wouldn't be shocking at all. And and we've seen it with a lot of players. We've seen it with Kevin Durant. We've seen it with LeBron, certainly. It's the first guy I was thinking of. A lot of these players don't win rings until they're 27, 28. Luka can wait out LeBron and Kevin Durant and, I mean, who else? Kawhi. I mean, all these other guys, Steph, that are right up there better than him right now. He can wait till Giannis is 30. And by the time Luka's 25 years old in four years or 26 in five years, that's when he can start winning four championships. And he still has another right. 10 years to do it's it. It's true. So he has so much time, and he's already this good, putting up triple-doubles on nightly basis, hitting step-back game winners in the playoffs. Like you said, I don't see how the Mavericks don't make it work and don't build around him. Or even so, if everything fails, he can leave and has his whole career to find the right situation, and he probably will be the best player in the league for a solid five to seven years. And if he does that... Who's to say he can't win four rings or even more? I agree with everything. We are on the same page on Luca, that is for sure. Luca. Magic. All right. That's it. Well, thank to ev- thank you to everybody for listening. As always, check out the Towel Boys on Twitter. Landon's been posting a lot of amazing content. Stay tuned for Thanks, the Towel Boys. Yeah, you're welcome. Stay tuned for a Towel Boys TikTok that will soon be out a brand new social media platform because TikTok is addicting. It really is. And shortly, once we have another writer or two, which if anybody wants to join the Towel Boys blog, reach out to us on Twitter. We'll be posting a starting a Towel Boys blog as well. So a lot of exciting things coming up in this NBA offseason. Looking forward to next year. As always, thanks guys for listening. See ya. Always remember to embrace your inner towel, boy.